This podcast contains explicit content. Hardly Focused presents Big Beautiful Butt Cheeks. The Balance Beam. You are listening to The Ack and Jack Show. The Ack and Jack Show. The Ack and Jack Show. This is the Ack and Jack show presented by Hardly Focused. We are Ack and Jack. You can find Hello. us at hardlyfocused.com. We are on all of the podcast apps. Uh, we are on YouTube at hardlyfocused.com slash YouTube. Ack, how am I sounding? You sounded beautiful. Oh, that's good. All right. Your silky dulcet tones are going to lull me into a sense of security. Oh, that's great. That makes me happy. Uh, I'm using for the first time the Rode... uh, What the hell is this thing called? I keep calling it the wrong thing. I can't even see the logo on. The Rode board with all the pretty colors on it. (laughs) That's what it's called. Uh, The Rode... uh, Rodecaster Pro, I believe is what this doohickey is. And because uh, they have the roadcaster and then they have the procaster uh, and then the broadcaster. It's just it, 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 they're not the most clever when it comes to names. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> and this is great. Uh, I have two mic channels potted up and the second mic seems to be picking up everything I'm saying into my mic. So that's uh Oh, that's great. <laughs> As we road test this, this uh, expensive piece of machinery. But yeah, this is the first time I'm using this. It's literally my entire studio condensed into a single unit. <laughs> and and if it doesn't work, that's why God invented hammers. Uh, if I took a hammer to this thing, I'd have to be pretty stupid. Because <laughs> this, this thing is not cheap. But it's got... Quite literally, my entire studio just uh, built into it. It's got uh, processing, so like audio compressors, all the, all the fancy machinery I had in here. It's got headphone amplifiers, uh, which was another separate piece of machinery I had. Uh, what I'm most happy about is I can keep uh, at least music beds, and because we're doing everything remote now, whoever my guest or guests are, I can keep them on one channel and then I can keep all of the fancy, crazy sound effects on a uh, different channel, which is nice. So nice. if I do something yeah. like this, yeah. yeah, it's all, it's all on one channel or uh, its own channel, I should say. So that's, it's weird to have all of this at my disposal. I, I kind of feel like I jumped on this train a little I don't know, a little too late. This machinery, I think, only came out in the last couple of years. But I, everyone I know who's doing podcasting has one. So, um, welcome to 2017. <laughs> it's great to be here. How about that, Donald Trump? Huh? <laughs> no, sir. I don't like him. Yes, I, I can just fire these off right in front of me without having to fumble through a Winamp soundboard, a Winamp playlist. Uh, I'm yeah. Bear with us while I try to figure out 
how to how to operate this thing. All right, uh, man farting one. All right, everything's in order. Man farting two. I don't have a fart. I think I took the fart out of here. There was a fart loaded, and uh, uh, so the soundboard's cool because you can have it's it's like eight trigger pads. So you just press the button, and it will. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you just press the button and it's great. Uh, but you can load up multiple banks, so it's it's banks of eight triggers. And switching the banks is kind of a pain. So I wanted to say, okay, limit it to just the the seven sound drops. That the eighth is the intro for the show, which is what I already played. So limit it to seven sound drops. What are the best ones, the most reactive ones? I think I will use on any episode of Hardly Focused or the Ack and Jack Show. And uh, apparently, I decided farts was not worthy of being in the soundboard so i have to manually pull that one up yeah or just manually produce the fart i could do that too yeah i i had some uh, i cooked myself a delicious steak for dinner i've got i've I've figured out how to cook meat at the (laughs) at the age of 31 so uh give it a little of me give it a little bit and the old uh the old steak farts will start oh there it is yeah although the channel you and the Winamp soundboard are on the same channel, so I have to now turn the channel down before I, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll fix it in post. That's the thing is I actually have to monitor sound levels now. My old setup, I could just kind of go nuts and I'll have to worry about blowing people's ears out. Now I actually right. have to pay attention to the, the several meters I have in front of me that I'm not actively looking at. Hmm. So, um, but at the same time, my OCD. I prefer to run my own, as they say in the in the business, live board. So, um, <clears throat> before I jump into the, the the first thing I wanted to cover on this episode of the Ack and Jack Show on the twenty fourth of March in the year twenty twenty one, how you doing, Ack? Doing all right. How are you? Doing fine. Yeah. Um, I did uh, some adult stuff today i i signed uh over the mortgage to my house in my own name Ooh. so it's all it's mine now it's mine all mine so now i'm 100 percent responsible for the mortgage uh, i need to make sure i continue to have a job what do you think of the house that love built <laughs> it's your master bedroom <laughs> Uh, see, I, I moved away from the mic to breathe in, and that was really loud. I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> used to this at all. This is going to be screwing me up for this whole episode. Uh, but um, I talked I, I, a second ago. I mentioned having OCD, which is I don't think true in the least. Maybe I have OCD. I don't know. Maybe I should take a test and find that one out. But I wanted to bring this up, uh, and this all comes from a podcast I was listening to earlier today. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Daniel Murr. Uh, who I worked with, whom I worked with at, or with whom I worked at WAF uh, many years ago. She was most recently on WEI in Boston, a sports radio station, and uh, just uh, within the last couple of weeks recently exited to go do her own thing. She started a podcast called uh, uh, I'll Have One of Everything. And you can find it on just like ours, all the podcast apps. Uh two episodes of I'll have one of everything. And in the second episode, she talked about ADHD, which is something I am convinced I have. 
mm-hmm. not diagnosed, but I, I'm convinced I have it. And I think that's uh, very common, a very common belief among adults is that oh, yeah. we have ADD. Uh, well, uh, before I jump into this, Zach, do, do you have ADD or ADHD? Uh, no, not diagnosed. And I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel particularly strongly one way or the other about whether I have it undiagnosed. Um, I do know I was once, once told by a, uh, therapist that I exhibited traits of what he called OCB, uh, which was obsessive compulsive behavior instead of disorder. Huh. So again, just sort of not quite to the level of, uh, you know, the life ruining obsessions that OCD can bring, but still, uh, noticeable, strange characteristics that i that uh you know i possess yeah you know i think again are probably a bit more common than uh full-blown ocd now i'm thinking i have that too (laughs) because i do a lot of weird shit a lot of weird uh a lot of weird ticks some oddball routines yeah maybe that's me maybe i've got that too but um for ADD, ADHD specifically, it's not anything I've ever spoken to my doctor about. I should, and I honestly should look into getting, like, actually clinically tested for it or diagnosed with it. Um, What I did earlier today was I went through three different, like, self-assessment tests online Mm -hmm. after listening to Danielle's podcast because Danielle was... Saying all of these things on episode two of I'll Have One of Everything that legitimately resonating with me where I'm thinking to myself, I have all of this. This is me. This is my life. She's talking about how go like going through elementary school, starting off like getting really good, you know, grades and things. And then as she got older, all of a sudden that started to slip difficulty staying on track while in college same exact thing I went through. It's like, it seems like the hallmarks are all there. So I decided, Hey, right. uh, what, but what better thing to do than diagnose myself with something on WebMD? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't actually use WebMD, but I went through three different tests, self-assessment tests. The first one I went through is, I guess like, I don't know if this is like the official one you do, if you're trying to do a self-assessment test. And the disclaimer is you take, I guess you do these things online, but then you take them with you and then you talk to your doctor and be like, hey, I tested right, myself yeah. online. and it, uh, The internet says I have ADD. Yeah, doesn't the internet also say you're an ordained minister in the state of Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> Me and Fro, actually. Um, hey, I'll, you know what? When we got... Back in, uh, oh, God, that was like 2005, 2006. Uh, yeah, we ordained ourselves through the Universal Life Church, and then they were like, hey, for, for a one low price of nineteen ninety nine, you can make this official. And, like, I, I thought to myself, you know what? I should get, I should get a job so I can get my laminated uh, certificate of whatever and make it official that I'm an ordained minister. Um and I've been employed, gainfully employed now, for over 15 years, and I don't think I ever paid for it. <laughs> well, there you go. ADHD at work. <laughs> <laughs> Getting distracted nonstop for 15 years. 
So if I uh, ever officiated your wedding at any point in the last uh, 15 years, 15 plus years, uh, just know that it probably isn't official. Even <laughs> Not if you recognized by the state of Massachusetts. Right. I mean, I'm ordained in Wisconsin, so like I'd have to do it in Wisconsin, <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, it's null and void, I guess. But um, anyway, yeah, I did three of these tests. Shockingly, all three tests are uh, individual from one another. It's not just like the same test. I, I was expecting to take the same exact test three times and try to not remember what I answered right for the previous test so like I, I wasn't like intentionally skewing the results but they're, they're they were all independent of one another they all asked different sets of questions they all have the same answer ranges too so uh and they're all multiple choice um but the three tests i took the first one which i, I think is like the official one it's called the adult adhd self-report scale uh that one Scores in the quote from them scores in the four to six range are indicative symptoms consistent with ADHD in adults. And it was split into two parts that test. And I scored a six on both. Yeah. Well, that's probably good odds. And then, uh, uh, attitude where the ADD is emphasized, uh, out of a possible 24, I scored a 15 and they say, quote, the higher the point total, the greater the likelihood that you show signs of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Hmm. And then finally, Psycom, my score, <laughs> this is like the most straightforward one, your score, go fuck yourself, <laughs> which was indirect, I would say. Interesting. Uh, no, there's a score is quote moderate indication of ADD slash ADHD. So oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't even give you a score to puzzle out there. Like, look, you're taking this test because you can't follow basic instructions. So we're just going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you got distracted while taking this, <laughs> so uh, you have it. Uh, but the, the questions were interesting because they were like, do you do you find yourself during meetings getting up and leaving? Like leaving the room, and I'm like, well, n not unless I have to. I don't just like habitually just get up and walk away from a meeting. Like, right. um, I mean, it's happened before, but not not because I was just bored or like I saw a puppy run by outside. <laughs> um, but there were other questions like, do you do you when you approach projects, do you go in a like a linear, numbered order fashion, or are you, are you just all over the place? And I'm absolutely all over the place. Like right. it will get done, but if there's like an ordered list, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go in that order. I'm going to yeah. look at what, what I can do now. Like what, what's the jumping off point and like what, what pieces of this can I do immediately? And then what requires work? So, uh, I think that's, you know, I want, I wanted to, to vary it, I guess, in taking three different self-assessments, but I guess that's, Enough for me to say next time I talk to my veterinarian, I should bring up that, hey, I might have, might have ADD, ADHD, OCB, and maybe a bit of hysterical pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I don't see what harm it could do to bring it up with your doctor, you know? Do you find, well, I guess, all right, first question. When was the last time you saw your doctor, Ack? Uh, probably sometime last summer. Oh, okay. I actually have a, um, a zoom meeting with my doctor coming up next week. Oh, okay. 
I know a lot of people just don't go to the, to the doctor. They just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of doing that right now with my dentist. Lazy, yeah, um, I do biannual checkups, which is, you know, the uh, twice a year version of biannual, not the once every two years version of biannual. But right. uh, that's obviously gotten a bit garbled uh, due to COVID. Uh, like I, I haven't gone to my dentist since all this started. I haven't gone to my eye doctor since all this started. The only one that I still uh, have been doing the occasional check-in with is just my general care provider. Okay. So it, it's interesting you say that because I've done everything but the dentist. Like I did the eye yeah. doctor and that was like shockingly uh, straightforward and easy. And, and honestly, um, the dentist might be like maybe the easiest one to do out of that. I don't know. But uh, uh, I had a televisit with my doctor um, last sometime last spring, and it was awkward. It was weird. Hmm. Um, I just say like I I prefer to be there in person, and I've had in person visits since then. But I do the same thing. I I, I try to go twice a year. I, well, I mean, I've got I got pills that need to be replenished every so often. So right, you know, yeah. can only do that uh, by visiting my doctor. So, but, but, um, do you, are, are you hesitant when you go to the doctor to ever bring up issues like, uh, I don't know, like your mental health issues or, uh, concerns like that you might have ADHD, for example, do you, do you, do you hesitate when it comes to that? Yes. I mean, I, I'm an inherently awkward, uncomfortable person, you know, uh, I get, I get, shied away from awkward things uh pretty easily i mean you know i know we talked about this on uh, an earlier episode me you and nate uh about mental health but just you know for years i never wanted to get medication because i was just had just kind of told myself you know that's the weaklings way out you know that's that's for people with real problems and i'm just a wimp i just have to suck it up and deal with it and uh you know i was i was an adult i was in my early 20s when i finally uh got prescribed a antidepressant that has been extremely effective for me uh so while yes i i definitely been guilty of that sort of nervousness that unwillingness to go forward and talk about these things uh you know i think nothing nothing but on a logical level i know nothing but good can come from it even if on an emotional level it's still scary to do yeah i think that's a really good perspective and i'm sort of in the same boat cuz it took me until i was 20 27 i think to finally say something to my doctor Mm -hmm. uh just about uh just about mental health just about how i was feeling and the oh man the exchange was great i remember because it was with uh it was someone it was with someone i've only seen once at that office Mm -hmm. um because like i started seeing like the doctor there and it turned into like the nurse or or like she's not a doctor but she's like a practitioner but there was like another one who was there that I literally I only saw her once and we're talking about all this other stuff like how I was just getting fat at the time and how my um, uh, cholesterol's through the roof. Uh, and at the end, so I guess it was towards the end of the appointment and I bring up like, hey, I've also got like 
you know, and I just strapped. So I'm like, look, I, I always want to bring this up every time I'm here. And I did once. I, I literally did once and I chickened out. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I brought it up once years ago and they, they like set me up with pills to take. And I just like chickened out and never got like the script filled. So and it was just never spoken of again. But I go to bring it up again and I tell her, OK, I've tried addressing this once before. And uh, I guess I panicked. Uh, but I've been having like m- mental health issues. I've been having like issues with depression, anxiety. Like I gotta, like I'm just gonna say something now, just to, to rip the bandaid off. And she just goes, "I'm glad you brought that up. I'm seriously happy you said something. I can't do anything for you." <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> great. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. Thanks, lady. I feel for you, Pally. But you want AA? <laughs> this is triple A. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. She's well. She's like, I have to go see another patient. Like, I want to talk to you about this. Can you come back like tomorrow? Uh. So that you know, that was the confidence booster I needed, obviously. But you know, I, I, the next week, I think I had an appointment. That's good because I got prescribed stuff. I actually got filled. Everything's been, you know, at least from that point, a little better. Not not great, but it's been better since then. That was that was. four years ago at this point so mm-hmm. but um yeah it's there there's a, there's a whole bunch of things stuff that i don't think i would ever bring up on this show that i'd be open about but there are things that like come up where i'm like i should tell my doctor about this and then when the, i have the opportunity and they're like is there anything on your mind no yeah and, and again it's weird and it's dumb because that's literally their job you are paying them to address these issues for you but it's still uncomfortable. It's like, I want everyone, including my doctor, to think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my issue is, is my my uh, practitioner lady is just gorgeous. Like, holy, <laughs> holy crap, do I just feel ashamed of myself anytime I see this woman, especially because she gives me physical exams. So, like... The, the, you know, all I want to do is like ask her out to a nice uh, pork dinner one night and. Uh, hey, you know how to cook steak now. I do. Right? <laughs> Hello, you have touched my genitalia. <laughs> May I take you to Wendy's? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good with women, you see. But um, uh, yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Maybe I just need an ugly doctor. I don't know. So I'm more comfortable bringing up these things. <laughs> like just like is an ex- like a hypothetical example. Like, God, you're gorgeous. My ass itches regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing tonight? <laughs> um, so. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you have no chance with her, regardless of whether <laughs> she knows your ass is itchy. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like it's going to infect anything. Yeah. Uh, in fact, affect anything <laughs> one way or the other. You're right about that. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so that's, uh, I, I guess that's my next challenge. Next time I see my doctor, bring up that, hey, I, I took an endless number of tests online. By that, I mean three. And uh, <laughs> they, they all are indicative of ADHD. So what do? Uh, I will say that taking uh like anti-anxiety antidepressants whatever it is i'm taking has helped with my focus ironically yeah uh it it, i i feel like i actually pay attention more that i'm not a 
constant rambling nervous wreck where I'm only yeah, a, a rambling I nervous think... wreck a few hours out of the day instead of all 24. Exactly. I think a lot of these have uh, very heavily overlapping symptoms because um, I'm the same way. Like the closest thing I ever had that I would consider an obvious symptom of ADHD would be, you know, when I get into an anxious panic attack, my brain starts moving at a thousand miles a second, but the thought process is, is entirely about how much I suck. Um, so it's like outside of that, I don't tend to have that, you know, constantly distracting myself and being crazily disorganized. But yeah. when it came to that specific issue, I was, and the anti-anxiety meds, you know, have drastically reduced those instances, not eliminated, but reduced. Um, and that has had a side effect of just making me generally more able to focus on the task at hand and not you know, leap off into some insane worst case scenario freak out. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I needed it. Cause I, I, I especially segued into a position in my paying job that like actually required a lot of responsibility and some degree of leadership and shot calling and realized, Hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to adequately do any of this. If I'm constantly in a state of fear and second guessing myself and having no confidence in my abilities yeah. to function as a human. So, yeah. Uh I think it was, you know, made for the right choices, but uh I also wonder like is that is is that just what we all are now like is is it just with like, you know, technology and everything at our disposal, are we just destined to just now be a generation of just distracted people. You know, that's another thing that, that is uh, interesting and was part of my hesitance to ever pursue uh, medication for my anxiety was just sort of that idea that, you know, it's, it's, it's the current year. Everyone thinks they have depression and anxiety and ADHD and, you know, who, who, who's one person that thinks they have it all together? Like, I don't, I've never met them, you right. know, like, so, so again, it kind of makes it easier to talk yourself into this. You know, I'm not special. I don't need medication. I'm just dealing with the same things everyone else is dealing with. You know, I should just be able to handle it because everyone else can handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's two, two parts then one speak up. But then to get confident, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of this year or in the last year, uh, there's, I guess, the notion now with the vaccine, the COVID vaccine uh, coming out and, and becoming available, things are starting to go back to quote-unquote normal right like right. as of uh two days ago in massachusetts the uh we're in phase four of our reopening plan for the first time where where like crowds can actually gather like a, a small percentage but crowds can actually gather in public places now like the the, the, the venues the arenas um 
the 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 thing that I thought was really big. And this was this was big for me is watching Jimmy Fallon, who who's just always stupidly excited about everything. That dude would have an itchy ass and be really excited about it and just be like slapping <laughs> the desk and laughing. Hey, Doc, if I got something to tell you. But uh, watching his show, though, I mean, he, he just like all the late night hosts, he's been doing his show either from home or from like a small studio with no audience. And for the first time, I think he's like the first late night host to go back to being in his main studio and having an audience. He had an audience of like 50 people that were all first responders, all fully vaccinated. It's it's like the first time that's happened since March of 2020. So that's that's a big turning point. As long as we can we can maintain this and not have to roll back like we did last winter. Yeah, that's hopeful. It gives me hope. Now, the downside to it is that in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, there have been shootings. There yeah. was what happened in Atlanta last week uh, that it was was just all sorts of bizarre, but it, it targeted the, the Asian American community. And then there was what happens uh, two days ago in Boulder, Colorado. Dude just walks into a supermarket and just opens fire like the thing that I don't like hearing is when this I I didn't hear it when the the Atlanta shooting happened, but I heard it. I started hearing it a lot when the Boulder shooting happened was people saying, hey, we're going back to normal. Yeah. And they're saying it in the context of mass shootings starting up again. It's not like they yeah. stopped because don't forget last year, last summer not necessarily mass shootings, but just what happened then. Mm -hmm. But people are now, and they're saying if, you know, like either if they're being serious, then they're stupid. If they're doing it half jokingly, they're also stupid, but, mm -hmm. uh, saying, Hey, we're going back to normal because the shootings are starting again. Like I just, I, I hate hearing that. Yeah. Uh, USA today, uh, Matthew Dowd, wrote an editorial piece uh, saying after Boulder shooting Atlanta and COVID-19, getting back to quote-unquote normal isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And he points a real... He, he, if you can find this article, read it. It's... it's, it's uh, I think it's very insightful because he's right. He's absolutely right. He says, quote... Uh, let's read the first, uh, the first couple of paragraphs here for you. A constant refrain in the news these days is the wish to, quote, return to normal or questions to doctors or leaders about, quote, when are we going to return to normal? Underlying this desire for the normal is to return to the way things were before COVID-19, a longing for the way things were before March 2020. I, for one, do not want to return to normal. I don't want, I don't long for the way things were before the coronavirus disrupted all of our lives in some pretty profound ways. Beyond that, the constant discussion of a return to normal really misses the opportunity to honor all the sacrifices that have been made in the past year, as well as the losses we have all suffered. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, not wrong. Uh, normal. For, like, yeah, when people... That's something, like, we, we've kind of said it on this show, on Hardly Focus. We've talked about, like, uh, how, because of the pandemic, there haven't been school shootings, because no one's in school. Right. There haven't been yeah. just shootings in general. It's not like, you know, like Las Vegas. That hasn't happened again. Some pretty horrible yeah. things have happened since COVID started, but we're not 
hearing in the news every day, every week of some horrific shooting or some like, uh, you know, w- worst school shooting since the last school shooting, right? Like where they're right. just, everyone seems progressively worse as the other. That's just, I don't know what you think, Ak, but I just, every time I've, I've heard that in the last couple of days where people say, oh, we're going back to normal because everyone's shooting each other again. I don't like hearing that. Yeah, I mean, I get, again, I, I do get what they're saying, and I do think it's sort of darkly bringing awareness to that fact that, uh, you know, I, I ho- hopefully, again, they're saying, you know, by saying that, they're acknowledging that America's normal is extremely fucked up. Uh, and yeah, I, I had seen people during the pandemic make that kind of joke of like, well, the one good thing to come out of this is there are no mass shootings because there are no people gathering en masse. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, yeah, it's thus not surprising that almost immediately as we start reopening everything, the mass shootings have resumed. Um, what? So, you know, I think it's, I, I get the intention behind saying that this is America's normal. Uh, and I get it in the sense of, you know, yeah, this sucks and we need to do better. Yeah, I one thing that strikes me as odd is uh, the shooting that happened at the supermarket in Boulder. Like people have been gathering in supermarkets since COVID began. Right. Like, yeah, right. we might be limiting yeah. that number, but it, it's I don't want to say I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner. It's just like there was it sucks to say nothing was preventing that from ever happening. It just means now right. that like, do, do we need to put up like security uh, uh, metal detectors? Like, do we need to put those up in supermarkets now? Like it's, yeah. it, it's just like the last place you'd expect something like this to happen. But right. it's not the same. I mean, it's, it's happened in the past. One of the quote worst shootings in American history was at a Walmart only a few years ago. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I want to get back when when I personally say I want to get back to normal. It's I want to go to concerts again. I want I want to right. do I want to do everything that Kate and I did today, but not have to wear a mask and not have to be told like when it, I'm signing my closing documents for my mortgage, and I could tell the lawyer wanted to shake my hand when everything was done, and he couldn't because like them's the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know I think this came up a lot in the in the debates of the uh 2020 democratic primary you know is is you have joe biden who was very much uh billing himself as the return to normalcy candidate and and then you know bernie sanders was more like well no returning to normalcy is returning to an earlier state that may have sucked less but still sucked yeah um so and then you have the people saying well look Saying we're returning to normal literally just means let's stop having ridiculously inhumane immigration policies and, uh, you know, have all of our economic reforms benefit only the hyper rich people, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those are good normalcies like and, and, you know, like you said, like if I can if in 2024 I can go to a supermarket without a mask on. I will have considered the Biden presidency a huge success Yeah, on, on that alone. <laughs> yeah. So, so in some ways, normalcy is desirable. You know, normalcy is a good thing. It's okay 
to to want it's okay to not want to be terrified and anxious all the time that kind of normalcy is uh fine to be complacent with mm-hmm. yeah i w- i would just like to Kate and I went to uh, uh, Panera Bread today, which is which is great if you want to pay forty dollars for like a quarter of a sandwich and then mm-hmm. be hungry ten minutes later. Um, but now I, I haven't gone to any like I haven't walked inside to any like I guess like fast food or any sort of, like I've been inside restaurants. I've gone to restaurants, but I haven't gone any any place like uh, inside any place like Panera before. I, I'm I'm a lazy American and hundred percent drive through all the way. But mm-hmm. noticing like. You can't even do like free refills there. Like you have to get like yeah. they're like no, you can't use the same cup. Like uh, okay, cool. So it's uh, Ryan White, 1984. No, he he has to use all of his own things because uh, he has this horrific contagious disease. Like I, that that's when I say I want to go back to normal. It's I want to be able to just like you know free refill. Cool, just go up with the the one cup I was given and refill that. Right, like that's right. the normal I want to go back to. Not the normal of. Another day, another school shot up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because it really got to the point where, like, when Parkland happened, for example, and that's, like, I guess the worst one. I don't know if there's anything that's been, like, in terms of school massacres, I don't think there's been anything worse since Parkland. But, like, I I just felt desensitized to the point where I was just, like, I understood it sucked. I understood the gravity of it, but it, I didn't feel the same way as I did, like, when like Virginia tech happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just didn't have that same level of shock and there was a level of disgust, but it was just like, what is a second verse? Same as the first or whatever yeah, the expression exactly. is. I mean, that was, that was me with Sandy hook. You know, it's again, not that it's inherently any less tragic when high schoolers get massacred than when elementary schoolers get massacred. But just when Sandy Hook happened and nothing changed, and in fact, gun sales hit record highs the next day because of fears that Obama was going to use Sandy Hook as an excuse to take all the guns away. That was kind of when I realized, like, yeah, if 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 elementary school kids getting shot down isn't enough to wake America up. Yeah. Literally nothing is. Yeah. There's not a single, that's, that was the last thing. There's nothing more absurd or disturbing than that, that I can think of. I, I, uh, I, I just don't like how you hit the nail on the head right there, but you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. If you, if you lived through Sandy hook and thought, well, the last thing we need is gun control legislation then there's nothing that will convince you. Yeah. And that's just deeply disturbing and saddening to me. I saw the other day, Grandpa Joe Biden speaking and, you, you know, he, he, he gave his statement as, as you would expect a president to do on what happened in, what happened in Boulder. Mm-hmm. He spoke uh, and immediately the reactions I was seeing to that was it it seemed like an echo chamber. It was him saying the same thing that Obama was saying or, or pretty much any of his predecessors like, Hey, we need to, we need to do something about this. Uh, It's like that onion article that always used to run where like, yeah, what was it like? Absolutely no way we could stop this. 
says, says only, only nation where this happens. Yeah. 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 Um, are you, do you have any confidence in Biden being able to actually do something about it during his presidency? Or do you think it's just going to be more of the same compared to the last uh, several administrations? You know, yeah, it is hard to have much faith these days. And, and again, I don't aim my ire at Biden or the Democrats. You know, I know some people look at look and say, well, look, obviously the Republicans aren't going to do anything. So the Democrats are the only ones who care. So the responsibility and thus the blame is on them to figure out how to get it done without the Republicans. I don't quite like to to frame things in that regard. I think Republicans do have agency and I think should be held accountable for their complete refusal to go along with any of this. And, you know, a lot of it is recent. You know, like if you look at Ronald Reagan's presidency, considered one of the mo- you know biggest icons of modern conservatism, you know, during uh, the 2016 campaign, he was constantly brought up as someone all the Republican candidates wanted to emulate and compare themselves to. He passed gun control legislation. He passed assault weapon bans. Um and I think overwhelmingly there's an understanding that at the very least nobody needs an assault weapon. And, uh, and, you know, they're not good for hunting. They're not good for home defense. They're essentially only good for murdering large numbers of people in a short amount of time. Yeah. And yet the popularity of these guns has skyrocketed starting pretty much right at 2008 with the election of the first black president, Barack Obama. Once that happened, a certain psychosis in the American conservative movement just snapped in half and became absolutely hysterically insane. And they live in absolute constant terror and believe that they need an endless number of assault rifles in order to protect themselves from I don't know, immigrants, Black Lives Matter, just whatever. Um, So, you know, while I think that anyone even remotely paying attention would support an assault weapons ban, as did an overwhelming number of Republicans back in the 70s and 80s, I think these days we're just not going to see that level of support. Just just the the cultural movement changed when Barack Obama became president. It just irrevocably broke the brains of about 40 percent of the country. And we will never recover from that. (laughs) I I'll never forget being in um, Montana. And this was 2012 being in Montana. And like it wasn't like Radio Shack. It was. Someplace like Radio, like a local place like Radio Shack. And they had a promotion going on. You sign up for DirecTV and you get a free gun. Yeah. And that was just normal out there. Like you would never, yeah. you would never see that in Massachusetts. Yeah. And out, it is. Yeah. It is bizarre. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know, I, it's what, this is one of those issues too, where I try to separate my personal desire 
from my political opinion. Yeah. Because on a personal level, I hate guns. I never want to own a gun. I never want to see a gun. I never want to go to a gun range for fun. I never want to go hunting. I'm just not into it. If, if, I, if, I, if I were supreme leader of the universe on my own, I would melt down every gun and use the uh, materials to create a giant statue of Hillary Clinton flipping the double deuce. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I get that that's not going to happen. Like, not even Democrats are ever going to push for something like that. Like, I get it. Uh, I'm an outlier on this issue. So, you know, the very least I want to see is acknowledge that there's arguments to be had about the validity of hunting rifles and shotguns for home defense. But we need to stigmatize the ownership of these assault weapons. Yeah. And I think in addition to harsh legislation, one way to do that is just through popular culture. I think gun ownership or this type of gun ownership is very heavily connected to mas- masculinity right now. You know, like every figure in TV and movies of the entirety of American history, you know, there's just a strong correlation between having a bunch of guns and being really good at shooting them with being a badass that all the women want to sleep with and all the men want to be. Yeah. I think instead we need to have a concentrated effort to have most assault weapon owners in television be sniveling cowards afraid of their own shadow who get really irritated if you don't know what AR stands for. (laughs) Because that's, in the reality, that's what they are. They are just little babies terrified that immigration is coming, so they need 700 assault weapons and also, if you don't have the same obsessive need for assault weapons as they do, you're a liberal cuck or whatever. Like, I think we need to just make fun of these people, make it clear that this isn't masculine. These people are fucking assholes. They're just punks. It's like hitting your kid, right? It's like maybe at one time it, society considered it made you look cool, but now you just look like a jackass. <laughs> now we know better. Now we know if you do that, you just look like a piece of shit. So... That's what I want to see happen to <laughs> to gun ownership. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. Yeah. Um, why can't we just uh, go back to uh, the E.T. re-release from 20 years ago where they digitally replaced all the guns with walkie-talkies? Give everybody a walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, to wrap this one up, I don't... I really don't like that just the the idea of returning to normal is when when the the shootings start happening and people start immediately thinking, "Oh, hey, guess what? We're right. we're, ba- we're we're back to the way things were." Like you would think there'd be some progressive thinking that would happen along the way. Well, uh, here's if I can bring up a hypothetical. I, I actually yeah. had this thought a while ago. And it's it's a bit stupid. It's a bit out there, but it's it's a, a question I think worth asking. So, instead of gun ownership and going to shooting ranges one hobby that we both share is video games yep what if video game cartridges or discs or whatever in order to work were dangerous like they had a they were highly explosive the only way to get a video game cartridge to work was to use a substance that is extremely explosive and can very easily be turned into a bomb 
would you be willing to say, look, video games are just my hobby. I'm willing to give them up if it means that we stop having weekly school bombings using video game cartridges. I don't like thinking about this, but you're right. It's a weird question, right? But that's kind of what the gun debate is. Yeah. Guns are a fun toy for a whole tens of millions of Americans. It's like you like out in Montana with your people getting their TVs with their guns. It's just a thing. It's just to them having your gun is no difference to us having an Xbox. It's just the same thing. Yeah. So when they hear us saying, well, yeah, but you know, kids are dying. They're being massacred senselessly. They hear, well, how's that my problem? You know, you want to make me pay and not have my toy anymore because other people are, are fucking it up for everyone. So it's kind of that, that's what made me wonder about that issue is like, would, would I be willing to make that same sacrifice if something i found fun were highly lethal or could be used to commit mass murder would i be okay saying you know what it's not worth it i'd rather people survive than have this hobby yeah what about babies exploding babies yeah well i mean isn't that just regular babies (laughs) they already do that i'm not clear on the biology russian babies (laughs) uh yeah well i God, I just, I just, I just, I just worry that when, you know, we, we really start easing things when hopefully enough of the U.S. population is, is vaccinated and immune to the point where we can start rolling things back that we don't return to weekly massacres. What sucks is it's probably going to happen. It is. And, and, you know, another thing, this is one of those topics I could talk about endlessly, so tell me to shut up when you want to wrap up the episode. But just another thing that really bothers me is there's actually a, a congressional amendment, the Dickey Amendment, that has that uh, prevents the Center for Disease Control from ever being able to spend any federal funds on researching gun violence. And there are, you know, epidemiologists who have said, you know, gun violence is like any other disease. It's predictable. You can track it. You can figure out what things are likely to lead to gun violence. And once you've figured that out, you can then work on preventing it. But there literally, there is a congressional bill passed that is preventing them from actually figuring out what those things are. You know what I say to that? Would you say it's a problem with the Democrats or a problem with the Republicans? I mean, personally, again, I would say uh, there are a couple of pro-gun Democrats, you know, like Joe Manchin is the one who's been in the news lately the most because he's the most conservative Democrat. And thus, in a 50-50 Senate, uh, everything's going to come down to whether he agrees to it or not. Um, But again, when... When the overwhelmingly majority of Democrats are supportive of a measure and unanimously across the board, every Republican is going to vote against it. I know where my ire is going to be pointed personally. Like, even if uh, it's not like I can shame them into it because they don't have any shame, 
uh, I'm still going to prefer to be angry at them. Right. Well, let me uh, let me wrap it. I will wrap it up back on this. Just remember. A relaxed ass is a happy ass. But if it's a tight and unrelaxed ass, it's an unhappy ass. I actually don't think I should be playing that one because I think we canceled Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I um, wouldn't be surprised. I do like the irony too, Ack, of your shirt that says life is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, knowing we were going to talk about this, I should have worn my uh, my Sandy Hook t-shirt, but... <laughs> I did, I did not think ahead. Oh, no, Jesus. it's like it's like a charity. It was like, uh, oh, you, know, you actually have one. Yeah, I oh, have okay. I have a uh, Sandy Hook Elementary in memoriam T-shirt that, okay. you know, all proceeds for buying him went to charity. Oh, wow. I'm just a jerk here. I'm thinking <laughs> you're making a terrible joke. So I started no, laughing. No, I really do have one. You know what? Well, I'm a dick because I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Terminator shirt. And dude literally went into a gun shop and killed the, the shop owner so he could take all the guns. Yeah, yeah. Though he was upset because they did not have the phased 40 watt. Was it, was, was it a phased plasma rifle with 40 watt range? <laughs> hey, just what you see on the wall, pal. All right. What's that on the Simpsons when Homer wants his gun? Like three day waiting period, but I'm mad now. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just sitting out in the yard and like Flanders walks by a bunch of times, Patty and Selma, uh, uh, a Target store truck. <laughs> And then he uses his gun to turn off his TV. <laughs> um, I went to a shooting range in Vegas a couple of years ago. I, I was actually uh, nervous. The I think the handgun I held, um, I, I was nervous to fire it. And then they gave me, uh, it was like a nine millimeter with a stock. And uh, let's just say I, in my mind, I went back to, an, uh, you know, just an, uh, an event in my life that made me unhappy. And then uh, next thing you know, the instructor's like, wow, you hit like the bullseye perfectly on every shot. Oh, God. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, I think it's time for me to leave. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, next meter is a couple from like Asia that was, uh, you know, very excited, you know, visiting Vegas, very excited to be there. And they were requesting the heaviest artillery they had available. <laughs> we have, we have to experience the full American life experience <laughs> while we're here. Firing off like a military grade sniper rifle. That <laughs> blowing your ears out and they give you hearing protection too and that thing yeah. is still louder than a motherfucker so um all right uh let's call it at that act thank you very much for doing this yeah thanks for having me as always cool we will talk uh, at you during the next hardly focused episode see you bye from fsn in brussels i'm nina maria